Hello, hello. Hey, up. What's up? What's good? Okay, cosa sugere? Ni hao, pubiet. Welcome to the Any Given Runway Show. I'm your host, Randall Carlton Green. Any Given Runway celebrates the exploration of new cultures by highlighting some of the most interesting, intellectual, and artistic people in the world. Everyone has a story. Each person a scholar. We have a great show for you today with a wonderful guest as we welcome flight attendant and world traveler Diana Bean. As we're live from Houston, in town to check out my beloved Detroit Tigers take on the Astros. Now, we've had flight attendants on before, and we've had a lot of world travelers. But Diana is our first flight attendant for a private airline. In this role, she has a lot of the same responsibilities as a traditional flight attendant, but with fewer people on board and some amazing and unforgettable locations. On today's episode, Diana reflects on her career, and she chats about some of her most unforgettable assignments including an amazing New Year's with the cast of a popular film. Diane also reflects on the last year of travel and how things were altered because of the pandemic. Finally, Diana talks about some of her favorite locations professionally and as a tourist. Really, really fun conversation with Diana because this was something I knew nothing about and I learned so many new things. It's an incredibly unique job and her schedule is constantly in flux and she's essentially always on call, which leads to a lot of regular adventures and with that she has just so many fun and enchanting stories thrilled for everyone to meet her so let's go ahead and bring on world traveler and private airlines flight attendant diana bean and let's learn what was it initially that inspired you to become a flight attendant especially a private flight attendant um it was just actually i started um at u.s airways i became like i did the training that's why i moved to phoenix i think that's how, why we met because i was i moved to you know, when they had U.S. Airways back then. Yeah. And I went through the training and I just, I just actually just got this idea. I wanted to become a flight attendant. I don't know where from. I had no idea. I mean, as mm -hmm. far as um, aviation, I didn't know anything about aviation. There's just so much to it. Um, I didn't pass the very last test. And it's hard. It's really, really hard. You have to know all the codes you airplane, I mean, um, airport codes. Of course, it's international too. And so I just remember um, there was someone in my class and he told me, he was like, there's a company in Houston that's hiring. Um, they're holding interviews like next week, drive down to Houston. They want flight attendants that speak Portuguese. And so being Brazilian, I speak Portuguese. And they said it's face-to-face. -face. Um, they're doing um, it's called the Houston Express. It's Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. They fly oil field people to Luanda, Africa. And it's, um, it's a Portuguese colony and they speak Portuguese there, of course, and they need these flight attendants. I was hired on the spot. So I'm, I drove all the way from Phoenix to Houston <laughs> and the interview was the next morning and they hired me. So, and that's how it all started. Wow. Yeah. And from there, with the same company, we started doing military charters and we were in Europe a lot. It was a lot less expensive to keep the flight attendants. We were based out of Houston, so it was ex less expensive to keep the flight attendants in Europe instead of bringing us back. So sometimes we would stay in Europe like three or four weeks at a time mm. and we would just explore Europe. Yeah. You know, it was really, really, you know, great. And wherever the military went, we went. So there's some places that civilians never been. Like we went to Diego Garcia, which is in the middle of the Indian Ocean. And some civilians have never even stepped foot, you know, in the little island. So it was really, really cool. And one of my really 
most memorable trips was um, I got to experience two New Year's Eve in one night. <laughs> so <laughs> that was a really awesome trip. Um, yeah. We took a group of, uh, it was the cast of the D Django Unchained. Oh, wow. And then the movie, yeah. And then um, a whole other bunch of celebrities down to Australia. And we were actually in Australia for maybe three to four days, had New Year's Eve, grabbed them all. <laughs> it was like hurting a bunch of wild cats, put them in the plane, took them back up to Vegas and had New Year's Eve again. Wow. And the whole purpose of the trip is so they can all have two New Year's Eve in one night. So we got, of course, had the experience of it too. So it was really, really cool. But I just remember, you know, just, it was just such a fun trip. It was a really, you know, the whole energy of the trip. I loved it. Um, so that was yeah. probably one of my most memorable trips. That's incredible. And, and I was going to wonder what a typical day is, but I'm sure there's no such thing as typical for you. But what would be maybe an average day? Um, especially now with COVID, it's different. Uh, with private, we're not, I mean, we wear a mask. Um, our passengers aren't required to wear masks, but of course they do as courtesy as now we're seeing so many more vaccinated as they're coming on. Um, but the typical day when it starts, we have to be there at least 90 minutes before takeoff. Um, we wait on catering. Um, privates catered very different than regular commercial. Of course, everything is done specific. Um, if the customers have any kind of allergies or they want, like, for example, I had one last week that required that her coffee be very, very hot. <laughs> and she didn't, you know, which most people is the other way around did not serve me coffee. That's too hot. Yeah. So I had to make sure not only because in the air, you know, dishes get really, really cold. So you have to make sure that the coffee, that the mug is warmed up. So little things you have to think, you have to put hot water in the mug. You have to put it in the microwave. Then you put the coffee, you know, and just, it's just things like that, that you have to prep, you know, you have to think, you really have to do a lot of, a flight attendant, you have to think outside of the box all the time. Um, you're doing this like service up in the air and you're having to like, you have so much space to work with. Um, the plane that I'm on only seats 13 people. And you're plating these plates in dishes and, you know, for 13 people, you hardly have any space to do all this. So um, when it's time to land, you have to get all the garbage and you shove it somewhere, you know, so no one will see what you're doing. It's a lot of behind the curtain things. It's like yeah. the Wizard of Oz, you know, you're back there behind the curtain doing all these things. So, mm -hmm. but um, basically that's pretty much it. And then once, you know, we land, the passengers get off the plane, it's, cleaning we clean we do all the cleaning we do all the you know make sure that um we tell the guys on the ground you know that we have to clean this and do that or you know same thing with what we need you know we need ice we need newspapers we have to make sure that the clients have you know what they need we um a lot of the clients have pets so we have also to take care of the pets you know just things that you wouldn't think of you know that regular commercial um airlines deal with yeah i bet you mentioned masks what are some other ways over the last year that have you've had to adapt with their, all the changes and, and what ways have been more challenging um really just the mask and then having to sanitize and then going into different countries and um you know presenting that you have been tested 
or not being able to go out, you know, as much, um, are really something that you wouldn't think about <laughs> what we experienced just this past week, how things are starting to open up. Give me an example, Gulf Shores, Alabama, um, the hotel, a motel six was $349 a night. <laughs> and then we went up to Manhattan and it was $79 a night. <laughs> Wow. And we stayed in Times Square. So it's just like, oh, wow. You know, yeah. we had to drive to Mobile, Alabama, to which was, you know, an hour, almost two hours away, which that cut into our rest time. So it's like, you know, people are wanting, they're ready to go out. They're ready to travel. And at the same time, we're like, geez, you know, this happened to us in Miami. Miami, you cannot get into Miami right now because people are just, they're crazy. They're going, they're ready. They're ready to go out. And then, you know, this, if you want to go to New York, this is the time to go to New York. We went to the Met and there was hardly anybody at the Met. You know, the museum was empty. So um, I'm just getting the telling. As far as last year, we weren't flying that much. I worked at the FBO, which is the private, it's fixed base operators, the private. Um, they had a squad of tennis just working there. So it wasn't, we didn't have that many flights privately. You know, we did a, our company, which I work for, it's called Private Jets. We do a lot of live share, which is organ donations. So it's usually just the pilots that fly. They don't need flight attendants. They just brought us on recently. So when they acquired the bigger planes. One of the things I talk about flight attendants about normally is behavior with passenger. For whatever reason, mm -hmm. on regular flying, people lose all aspects mm -hmm. of ability when they get on there. And I'm sure mm -hmm. it's a little more different in your situation. So oh, definitely. <laughs> what are some of the experiences you've had maybe of, of both positive and negative behavior of, uh -huh. of individuals on the, on the private flights? Well, with me, it's always, I mean, I say always, mostly it's positive. I mean, it's usually connecting with passengers. Um, day before yesterday, I had one of the most lovely connections ever. I just started speaking to her and she was from Germany and we spoke about, um, a city called Trier. I don't know if you're familiar with Trier in Germany. And she was telling me that I'm the first person that she spoke to with that's actually been to Trier and that's that knows about the Roman ruins, you know, just connection. And that's what you get to experience on the flights like this. You connect with people more. And she even told me, she said, I don't think I could ever fly commercial again just because of how flight attendants treat us. You know, I was just so shocked to hear that. And I've heard that from a lot of the passengers that I get, you know, that they just don't really want to fly commercial anymore um, because now I feel like it's even worse, you know, because of the flight attendants just feel like, I mean, not only are they having to wear a mask, but then they're dealing with people that are, you know, put your mask on, you know, you can only take your mask off to drink or eat or, you know, just things like that. And I can see that. I can see why they're just, you know, really kind of, not liking their jobs right now but as far as for me i mean i'm loving my job and i'm really enjoying it and i and i like i said i will tell the passion said you're welcome to take your mask off or you can keep your mask on it's up to you um but i will keep my mask on the entire time and they're so you know they're fine with that they'll even say you can take it. i was like oh no i'll just do it you know for safety you know just different things like that or and some of them do they'll wear their mask the entire time you know so but when you fly private, it's basically they're playing, you know, they're paying the money. So they're doing they're they feel so, so relaxed, but you do the same thing. You do the safety, you make sure they have their seatbelts on. It's, but it's like, 
you're not on top of them all the time, you know, as far as put your seatbelt on, you know, do this, do that. And I think that's where it's different. Even when I flew for the other company, it was the same, same thing. You know, you just have to be real relaxed. You mentioned some of the places that you go to and the, and the amount of time you explore. I know it probably varies. It probably varies on how much turnaround time, how much time you actually have to explore. Yes. It also probably varies if you've been to the location. So how often do you get out and, and explore when you are in a new destination? Um, with this company, I have, I mean, I haven't been with them flying enough to get out as much. But with my other company, we would stay like I was in Nice for nine days. Mm. And that was really, you know, when you have time like that it's really really great and there's places that are sometimes I even have to I rely on Facebook to, for reminders that I went there <laughs> because it's just like oh yeah I went to Turkey I forgot yeah. <laughs> you know things like that and um I mean the like my um boss just told me he's like oh a Peru trip is going to pop up you know and just and it might be two days but this company is anything could change and that's with aviation it could change tomorrow you know we might not go to the bahamas or we might go to the bahamas and stay for three days so last time um we were in aruba and we were supposed to maybe stay two days but we ended up just one day but we didn't have time to go out and explore you know so but next time we might have three days you know you never know so but um like i said with my last company we germany was the spot we had so much time in germany to the point that we're like, oh gosh, we're gonna go to Germany again. Can you imagine someone saying that? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> someone recently asked me about how I am able to be healthy while mm -hmm. traveling and handle all the jet lag that comes with it, and especially on these long flights. For you, that's tenfold because you're doing it more frequently, mm -hmm. longer flights, more distant locations. So, what are the steps that you take to make sure you are both physically, mentally in the right frame of mind, right? right. I mean, definitely water, drink a lot of water. Um, we always try to go um, as a crew just to go out and eat, you know, at healthy places and just not rely on junk food at all, you know, and that's pretty much it. I mean, and then they always say sleep when you're tired and eat when you're hungry. You know, that's one of the rules, yeah. <laughs> you know, and not just force yourself, you know, and then. And it's, it just surprises me. That's, I mean, you get so thirsty and I'm always drinking a lot of water. And the same thing with the passengers. We always make sure we have water, you know, just even what they don't want to, I'll give them water, drink water, drink water. On the locations you've traveled, I know that it'd be hard and be possible for you to pick your favorite. How about just the days that you wish you could relive? The one that you're like, gosh, that was such a, a great. Oh my gosh. Oh, there's just so many. I mean, really, I have to say when, southern france i really enjoyed nice and i, I don't know if i it, enjoyed it so much because of the location or because the crew that i was with it's probably you know? i tell people it's my favorite airport destination to fly into because that nice slow turn you take over the mediterranean and right on the mm -hmm. coast you can see yeah. the, the snow covered alps maybe nobody right. better. right and then the airplane that i'm on right now sometimes we have to um reposition and a lot of times it's just me you know back there by myself sitting you know in this private jet and i'm just watching the clouds and going this is my favorite thing to do you know i'm flying private right now you know and like we were positioned to the grenadines and i was just watching flying into the grenadines was just something I mean, i've never done that and it's like, this is really, really cool, you know? So you have to think of it that way too. It's just going into the places and just 
just the thrill of just flying into these places. Like you said, you know, it's just really, that's a neat, although I didn't stay there, we just stopped to pick the passengers up and come back. Yeah. It was just a really cool experience just to fly into the, to the place to see. How many countries have you visited? Oh my gosh. I honestly, I honestly do not know. I have to just write it down and see. <laughs> I'm curious. I, I'm sure it's very, a very high number. It is. <laughs> I'm going to have to write down and see. Yeah, let me, let, let me know. I had, someone I, on, I had someone on last week who had done 94 countries, so I don't know. If oh, wow. I'm not that high, but I'm pretty, you know, I'm pretty high. Just, it, there's places that I forget I went to. I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah. I forget yeah. I went there, you know. And then I was looking at my, because I had to send my passport off, and I actually have the double extra book. Okay. And I was like, oh, I forgot I even had a Russian visa. You know, uh, things like that. that. I was like, I completely forgot about that, yeah. you know. So, Yeah. Oh. Okay, I'm going to ask you some quick ones here, and I don't want you to spend too much time thinking about the answer initially. Okay. You can reflect on it and tell me why, but the first thing, just say the first one that comes to mind. So what's your favorite plane to fly on? Oh, my gosh, definitely a 747. And, the, and why is that? Um, just the size. So, okay, okay. We mentioned Nice being a great place to fly into. Favorite mm -hmm. airport from the sky landing into or from the view that you see landing into? Oh, wow. Probably Chicago, O'Hare. O'Hare, okay. okay. Yeah. How about just favorite airport in general, just because it's fancy or it's nice or just convenient? Oh, uh, um, probably the one in Dubai. That yeah. was a great, yeah, that was a great airport. Dubai comes up a lot. Singapore is the other one. That's yeah. Up a lot. <laughs> and is there one that, that stands out for you that's efficient? Because for me, I think of, I think of Schiphol in Amsterdam, how quickly you're able to just get into town and just settle in. <sighs> Well, I've just went through it so many times. I never went into town, just went through that. But um, Dubai was pretty good mm -hmm. going through it. But no. Okay. There's really not anything. Country or city that mm -hmm. when you saw it on your list, you're like, I'm so happy because they have the best food. Oh, definitely Rio because that's where I'm from. Okay. 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 Outside <laughs> of your Brazilian homeland. Outside of your Brazilian background what would be up <laughs> <laughs> okay that wasn't fair then okay no um, I, I, I love the answer i love the answer but i'm curious on on outside of it as well hmm. well frankfurt because i love germany so yeah okay during your explorations when you are able to experience a new location purely as a tourist what has been the location where you're just like you had to look to your people left and right and said i can't believe we're here i can't believe i'm looking at this well this last week when i went to um when I was in New York, because I just, as soon as we landed and we went to the hotel in Times Square and I'm like, especially after COVID, I'm like in the middle of Times Square, looking up at the lights and going, oh my gosh, I'm, I can't believe we're here and there's people here. And it was just so wonderful to see people out and seeing the street performers and we were all standing, everyone was wearing their masks and it was just like, okay, everything's going to be okay. Yeah. So it was a great feeling. It's like people are going to start traveling again. And it was just, it felt great. How about location you're most proud to have visited? We like saying we've been to Italy and everything and places like that, but there's always that mm -hmm. one where you're like, well, I'm really ex excited. I'm really glad that I can say that I've been to Russia or Dubai or Egypt. Yeah. Um, geez. Really, I mean, honestly, to tell you the truth, it was when I went to that little island in the middle of the, you know, of the yeah. Indian Ocean, the Diego Garcia. That was just like, not very many people experienced that. Mm. Or there was one other place, it's called Bishkek. 
I know this. And thing. yeah, when you say Bishkek, people are like, what? You've been yeah. there? And there's a few people that know about that place because in the military. Yeah. So, yeah. And the people that are from Bishkek are like, oh, okay. <laughs> so it's interesting because they're, um, they're Asian, the Asian community that are, but they speak Russian. Yeah. And it's so, so interesting. And one time we went to eat and there was a, our waiter was from Bishkek and he was like, oh my gosh, you could not believe it that I'd been there. So, and it's, it's all, and that's another thing that I've learned that when you start speaking to people and they're like, what? It's just, and that's how you make connections with people then right there, which that's what I absolutely love. <laughs> Completely agree. And in my experience mm -hmm. is whenever you meet someone and I always like to Google where they're from if I don't know. And then I'll say, oh, you're from so-and-so in there. But how do you know that? There are people are always so impressed, especially when something like Bishkek, I'm assuming that he's probably here. She was probably so used to saying, oh, it's over here in Asia. And you, but you right. know, him, it probably lit up in his eyes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> were there any other locations you've traveled that when you got the initial assignment, you were like, you had to second guess and say, wait, where, where's that? And you had to pull up the information? Um, believe it or not, in places in, I mean, in, um, United States, okay. like in small, like places. I'm like, where, where is this? Yeah. Cause, and there's places like Morris, what's it called? It was Morristown in New Jersey. I was like, I never even heard of this place. And it's right outside of, I mean, really it's just a hop, skip and jump from New York. So yeah. have there been I any, have no idea. with some of the locations you've probably flown into, you've also probably flown into some very desolate, isolated locations. Have you ever gotten out of an airport or just a landing strip and, and you're in the middle of nowhere? Oh, yes, definitely. Yeah. It's just like, oh, okay. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> and now, especially with flying private, um, when you do go to the FBOs and you're just like, oh, we flew into the Southamptons this last week, too, or two weeks ago. And it wasn't, I mean, we didn't even have phone service. So it's like, oh, this is okay. <laughs> this is interesting. And then we went into Long Island. So it was, it was interesting. And that's someplace I, that's why I would say I've traveled all over the world, but then you go to these little places in the United States and it's like, okay, I've never been here before. <laughs> Do you enjoy flying when you're not working? Um, flying commercial. <laughs> um, truthful? <laughs> not really. <laughs> I figured. I figured. Yeah. You get spoiled when you fly, you know, well, I don't know. It's just when you're there by yourself and you're your own flight attendant. <laughs> And then you get spoiled. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Once you cross that Rubicon, yeah, there's no going back. Yep, exactly. Uh, uh, th this doesn't necessarily have to be related to flying, but what do you feel has been the biggest lesson you've learned over the last year? Because I know that it was incredibly beneficial in a lot of ways for you to see a certain side of travel during the quarantine lockdown pandemic. So what, what do you feel is the, the biggest lesson you've learned personally? To appreciate it more when you do travel. I mean, to like to basically savor every moment of it, you know, and to remember and not to honestly not to be so much on your phone, you know, and that's one thing I've noticing so many people are not doing. They're not like looking through their phone so much. You know what I mean? They're like just experiencing it. And I feel like that's what's going to start happening. People are just going to experience life a lot more. I hope so. I hope yeah, so. for sure. Oh. What's next? Do you have any upcoming trips, even if they're ones for you personally or just any plans or anything? Um, I really don't know what's, I mean, as far as for the trips for the company, um, there, one of, we have two planes. One is out right now. Mm -hmm. And then we're waiting for my other, my plane, which is, there's a, 
few little maintenance things that they're fixing. And then after that, um, I could go out any minute. I'm just, my passport was going to expire or is going to expire soon. So I had to have that as like a rush, an emergency thing. And that's what we're waiting on. So um, supposedly we're supposed to go to Peru. So that's, and it, we might have a couple of days in Peru. So what are the, the locations that are on your wish list that you have not visited that you want to visit? Um, oh gosh, there's really, believe it or not, all the countries that I've been, and you're going to think this is crazy. I have never been to Mexico. I do think that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, I have been everywhere. But yeah. the one that everybody goes to is that I have never been to is Mexico. I have never traveled to Mexico. Wow. And people go, what? Everybody, you have gone everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> yep. But and I would you, love you've to flown over it many times. You've definitely yep. gone over. Yeah. Exactly. So, I mean, I flew over last two weeks ago, three weeks ago, and I've never been to to Mexico. And I would love to go to Mexico. I would love to go to a tequila factory. Perfect. <laughs> Has there ever been a time mm -hmm. flying over land or a certain mountain range or anything that you that was the most beautiful that you saw? Just flying, not not that you landed at, but one that you were flying over, or an, an environmental experience, whether because when I was flying over Mexico City. There was an amazing thunderstorm beneath us. And so mm -hmm. that. actually just in this past, cause I was gone 17 days. Um, we flew into Aspen so many times that that was, that's really beautiful. Mm -hmm. And I've never really experienced that so much as I did. Um, and I just thought that was really breathtaking. Okay. It really was. Yeah. Cool. There was one time like when I flew, cause we did a lot of military mm -hmm. charters and one of them, the trip coming out of, um, Korea, a guy did have a hedgehog who tried to smuggle in. So that was probably one of the funniest things that's ever actually happened. Oh, <laughs> a, tell, tell me more. A, <laughs> yeah. He actually had a, a hedgehog in it on like hidden in his pocket. And we were like, um, sir, <laughs> you can't take that on board. So, oh, so he so, didn't get on the flight with it. He didn't get on. Okay. Yeah. No, he tried to get on like the plane. So it, it just caused a huge delay. This was, yeah, this was, yeah, it was great, great seeing you and, and it was a lot yeah. of fun and I didn't know any of this stuff. This was, this was such a learning experience for me. This was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, so thank fun. you. Well, thank I won't you. take up any more time. I know you're, you've got to get some rest and I know you're on call technically, well, right? Thank you, can, you. You can leave tomorrow. You can leave anytime. So you got to go. Yes. Ahead. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> it was great talking to you. Perfect. Thanks so much. I know we'll talk again, thank but bye-bye. Okay. Take care. Bye. Thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. Much appreciation to Diana. Highly, highly encourage you to follow her on Instagram to keep up with all of her dynamic expeditions. You can follow her Brazilian underscore bean on Instagram. Lastly, one important birthday notice. Happy birthday, mom. Happy birthday to the pride of Yorkshire, me mom. My new book, Curiosity, is currently available on Amazon. Curiosity celebrates the knowledge that strangers have to offer. Everyone's unique expertise and endless wisdom awaits the perpetually curious. Featuring 200 episodes from the Any Given Runway Show, Curiosity explores the diverse lives of athletes, adventurers, and performers. From daring voyages across the Atlantic to unforgettable performances in the West End, Curiosity celebrates the sophisticated thing we call life. Everyone has a story. Each person is a scholar. Thank you for listening. Fill up that passport. I'll see you on the road. Adiento. Randall has become like, you know, New York's favorite son.